fundraisers, I'm Don Lego. It's time to buckle up for a new episode of Raise Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows, and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations and chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore hot-button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. All right, let's get going. Welcome back to Raise Nation Radio. If you're new to um, the channel, you can follow us on 10 of your favorite podcast channels or on demand at onecause.com. We hope that we can turn you into a fan today and you can listen into all of our episodes. If you've been here with us before, thank you for making Raise Nation Radio so popular and for joining us again. Today, we have a very special guest and it's a little bit extra special for me today. We have the leader of One Cause, um, our CEO with us. Um, and this is a guy you want to listen to because he may not be, you know, coding um, our new, our latest innovation, but he really does keep his pulse on the future of fundraising so that he can drive innovation here at One Cause and work with all of our partners to build better tomorrows. He really wants to future-proof fundraising, change the giving landscape, and deliver the best possible solutions to the nonprofit community. So you'll want to tune in. But he has also recently penned a book, and we're going to talk about that today, too. So when I say he's busy, I mean he's really busy, and I really appreciate him taking the time to join Raise Nation Radio. So with that, I would like to welcome Mr. Steve Johns to Raise Nation Radio. Hi, Steve. Welcome. Hi, Dawn. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's exciting um, for you to be here. Um, and it's been a journey uh, last couple of years and especially the last year um, with your book and One Cause Fundraising Platform um, on the on the you know, the ends of coming out of the COVID pandemic. We have so much to talk about, but I really want our audience to get to know you like we all know you here at One Cause, like I know you. So would you mind just sharing a little bit about yourself, introducing um, who is Steve Johns? What does it mean to be the leader at One Cause? And maybe share anything personal that you'd like our audience to know. Sure, I'd be happy to do that. And and once again, congrats to you for the success of Raise Nation Radio. Um, and thanks for having me. Thank so you. I'm in my ninth year here at One Cause. I joined the company in 2014. And I joined the company with about 30 years of experience already in 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 the um in history. And I started my career in financial advisory. I worked with technology companies. I did a stint with a venture capital fund and I even worked in music and event production. So as you can tell, I didn't come from the nonprofit industry, but I hope, I hope that what I can do is bring a different perspective to one cause and to the nonprofit community from my diverse background as I came here. Uh, from a personal perspective, I've been married for over 35 years to my wife, Sue. I have two kids and I just, we just added a granddaughter to that formula. So you guess you can call me a grandpa. I'm oh, a Chicago wow. guy. And I'm honored to call you a grandpa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, I just was going to say I'm a Chicago guy, uh, but I have been really loving life here in Indianapolis. 
And Sue's been around from the very beginning when you joined One Cause. Remember that first meeting? She was right there taking it all in, meeting all of us. And um, she's been such a big support to um, your journey here and to the book that we're going to talk about. So big shout out to Sue. Absolutely. So I actually want to touch on that for just a minute, um, how you came to One Cause. I appreciate all the background, but you were actually searching for a higher purpose, if I have that story right. And I think it all starts with a magazine, Hmm. a beach, and of course, Sue by your side. So can you tell that story and what really pivoted you to to join the One Cause family? It does, in effect, Dawn. I think a lot of my stories start with Sue, (laughs) a beach, a magazine. (laughs) And so, you know, as I said, I had a pretty good career going, but something was missing and I really couldn't quite put my finger on it. And I was reading this Wired Magazine article. It had Bill Gates and Bill Clinton as as featured. And they were telling stories of how they were using their success in their first careers, uh, power and influence, wealth, et cetera, and then leveraging that into helping others and pursuing a greater purpose and mission in their second careers. And literally, this is a moment, this was a beach moment. I put that magazine down and I turned to Sue and I said, that's it. That's what's missing in my life. I don't have that mission. I don't have that reason for doing what I'm doing. And that was the uh, around about the summer of 2013. And it took me a while to find one cause. But, you know, you have to decide what it is that you want in order to be able to see it when it comes across your screen. And so I knew what I was looking for. And so when the one cause opportunity came to me, um, it really, truly was something that jumped off the page. And, And again, when you think about the opportunity to run a software company, to run a technology company, which was really part of my background that is also doing such tremendous good and serving thousands of nonprofits. It really is a dream come true for me. Well, then I'm going to ask you a very direct question because curious minds have to know, have we fulfilled your purpose? Have Has one cause done that? Thank you. But it's still a journey and and it's being that story has still being written. And so, yes, to this point in time, I have found new purpose. I have found mission. In fact, you know, I think also this this moment in my life also corresponded with my kids uh, going uh, get, they're, they're on being on their own and they they no longer needed me. And to, to that point in time, I think a lot of us probably live the same way. Your your purpose, your why a lot of times is your children and and making a better life for them. And I found myself, I was turning 50, my kids were on their own and I was searching maybe for something. And so I will say that I continue to fulfill my purpose. I continue to seek mission and impact, but that story is still being written. There's so much more to do, uh, but certainly that fulfillment that I was looking for um, almost 10 years ago now um, has that there's a big check mark in that box as, um, as certainly done, but still in, in progress. Well, we're glad you're here and thank Thank you you. for your passion. Really, it's um, remarkable to be led by you and to be part of this this team so we can feel it every day. Um, So that's a little bit about the why and how you got here. But now let's talk a little bit about the why this book. I'm holding it in Mm -hmm. my hands right now. It is stunning, by the way. Congratulations. The book is just beautiful. We were chatting a little bit before we started the show and it does look like a piece of artwork. So if if you get it for no other reason other than to put it on your shelf and make it part of your decor, I think it it serves. Yeah, it it totally (laughs) looks good. I mean, it's absolutely, and congratulations on that, but you never intended to write a book. In fact, I've heard you refer to yourself as an accidental author. So this wasn't a 
let's sit down with the marketing team or your fearless marketing leader, Carrie, and say, okay, it's time. I've been here so many years. Let's check that marketing box. CEO writes a book. That is not what happened here. It was an accident. And we'd love for you to tell that story to our audience. Thank you. It, it, tru- it truly was. And, fo- and first of all, you know that I love alliteration. So accidental author is absolutely perfect for, for my description. And so, of course, I sat down to write, but I didn't sit down to write a book. I sat down to write a weekly update to my company that, that to our company that I committed to in the very beginning of this global pandemic. And we were all faced with this great uncertainty. We were making massive changes to the business. We were helping our customers navigate this just tremendous change in the way that they moved from in-person fundraising to virtual and online fundraising. And I felt the need to continue to create a transparent way of communicating with everybody so that everyone could, so that we could kind of share this journey back um, and, and really kind of track how we were doing in the progress that, that, that we were making in returning from the global pandemic and the setback that we experienced in March of 2020. What came from that is week after week of inspiration from all walks of life. I mean, you know, we were watching a lot of TV from back then and I, got some inspiration from Netflix and other shows that I was watching. I got inspiration from my daily meditation app. I got inspiration from online and and just, and so I kept taking notes in my phone and I became this walking kind of collector of quotes and, and quips and good ideas. And they really started to become part of my messages to the company week after week after week. And, you know, and, and it wasn't just about, it was about overcoming the adversity of the pandemic, but it was also things like being honest and truthful um, and, 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 and being fearless, if I can use that word, which is the title of the book, which I, which I think is like, it's being willing to, to take action and move forward, even in the face of uncertainty. When you do that, you are being fearless. It's about vulner- being vulnerable as a leader. And again, there's not a lot of CEOs that are willing to be vulnerable. But here's the thing. If, if you're committed to being truthful and you're in a global pandemic, you can't have all the answers. So you can't say, don't worry, I have all the answers. But what you can do is admit that vulnerability and say, admit, I don't have all the answers, but I can promise you that together we will get through this if we just work through it together. And that's the hope. Hopefully the messages, the messages that came through, hopefully that's the sentiment that I was able to, to convey to One Cause Nation as we made our way through. And that really kept going through the end of 21 and a little bit into 22. It really, um, it was a lot. <laughs> it was. That's an understatement. I mean, I I could tell you how they worked because I was on the other end of those messages that you sent. I mean, yes. I've been here a little bit longer than you, actually. Um, yes. I've been here for 13 years. I remember that first email it was like somewhere between March 14th, March 20th, something like that. And I that very first email was profound and powerful. I'm going to talk about two words, six letters, all caps. You sent them over to us. I'm going to remind you, um, be safe and talk about a mic drop. I mean, I I remember reading that and, you know, you, you can't help but tear up. I never remember a time in my life where I felt just so uneasy and uncertain about things. And I became 
that we looked forward to those messages. We needed those message. And I'm going to talk why, because we had a lot going on, right? Personally, Steve, you know, my husband was out of work for 21 months. I had two children. They were being homeschooled, one of which is special needs. And homeschool was just a check the box. That was hard. Everything was hard. But on the one cause side, it was massive. We had what, maybe four times, you might know better than me, four times higher call volumes. We had to get more Zoom seats for our weekly, you know, our webinars. We had to flip our content. It was exhausting, but our customers needed us and none look the same. The the phone call that you took at 10 was different than the phone call you took at 10, 15 and was different. At the, everybody needed something, something absolutely different. So I think that those two words, be safe, turned into, I need to take care of my team so they can take care of all of the nonprofits. At the time, we had 6,000 customers. It was kind of like that idea of put your oxygen on first. You kind of took on a life of, I need to take care of this 300 group of people because we have nonprofits that we need to take care of. They need us more, more, more now than ever. So that's what we got out of it. Was that your intent? And can you talk about that a little bit? It really it morphed into the intent, and I think that that that's the story also of the book is is when I first started writing some of the updates, it was maybe a little bit more um, factual. It was a little bit more just you know how you doing kinds of things, and then I started to get get the all of these outside inspirations and start to really be hope. Uh, thank you for saying so. I, I really was trying to be, you know, the the that voice that that and created that cultural tether that kept us all together in. And really, I was sharing a lot of the things that I was feeling. And I was pretty much thinking that everyone else was feeling as well about, you know, people were feeling um, they were struggling with um, finding time to be a good professional and a good parent and a good husband and wife at the same time. We were all struggling with things like um, just, again, staying at home and, and trying to also create a cultural bond with us in terms of community. I'm really about human connection. And we were missing that. And, and, and we were trying to figure out a way, how do we, to your point in time, take care of ourselves, take care of our families. And then in order to, to take care of our customers next, we have to be strong and we have to be there. And at the end of the day, and, and as I look at the book, that's one of the things that really makes me the happiest about this book is it truly tells a story and it tells a story about a community of one cause and our customers, uh, nonprofits coming together and overcoming the adversity that was thrown at them with the global pandemic. But here's a twist I'm going to add to that. Yes, our lessons were learned in the face of this global pandemic, but these are lessons that can be applied every single day. We call them leadership lessons at the crossroads. And every single day, you and I and our and our nonprofit customers are facing different crossroads. And again, it's about, you know, um, how do I deal with uh, conflict at work? How do I deal with telling the truth in the face of, you know, what the consequences of that might be? How do I deal with all of these, these crossroads that we face? And so I believe that again, while these lessons might have been learned and told during the pandemic, they're also timeless, that you can take these lessons and apply them tomorrow. You can apply them in your day-to-day life. It's not just lessons learned of how did I survive the pandemic? It's how can I survive every day? 
Well, I remember that I I was at a meeting with you very early on before the first chapter was even penned. And um, you sat with your team that was going to be responsible for the book and um, or or bringing the book to life, I should say. Um, And you were very concerned about your writing being a couple of things, if I remember, timeless, classic and having some takeaways, some some leadership takeaways. And that that was super important to you. Those were really your only requirements. Um, mm-hmm. And did you, do you feel that you accomplished that? And it sounds like you did based on what you just said. It's it's really something as I look at the book now, Dawn, at the end of every chapter, and we have 16 chapters, there are three or four what we call leadership lessons. And so if you truly just wanted to thumb through the book and pick out leadership lessons, there's almost 50 of them that you can draw specific inspiration and specific guidance on how to deal with certain situations. And so I truly believe that 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 end product, that end result is what we set out to accomplish in the very beginning. I'm very, very happy with the way that it, it turned out. That's good to hear. Um, and uh, we're going to take a deep dive now right into the book because we kind of talked about, you know, the the perimeter of it. So sure. Fearless, Leadership Lessons at the Crossroads. Wonderful title. It goes with the fearless fundraising theme I'm, I'm, I'm putting together because that's mm-hmm. what we call our fundraisers, fearless fundraisers. So it's absolutely beautiful. And you're right. There's um, 16 chapters that end in, in Leadership Lessons, but I have the book right here and I have to stop in like the first couple of pages. Well, really the first page, the dedication. Um very interesting dedication. We see Sue in there yet again, mm-hmm. which is very appropriate because I don't think the book would have happened without her. Um, but can you talk a little bit about the dedication page and who you dedicated this to? I, I can. And 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 yes, we, this is this is clearly connected to all of the fearless fundraisers that are out there and 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 anyone who's attended raise and listens to raise nation radio and all of our customers. There's a there's a great quote in there, too, from Deb Bars, who said, basically, this is our story. And I couldn't agree with her more. This is this is not necessarily Steve Johns's story or one cause's story. It is our collective story. And and I and I believe that that anyone who's listening to this podcast or anyone who picks up the book, who's in our space, who's a fearless fundraiser, who's raising money for a cause is going to read this and see themselves in it. They're going to say, yes, that's what I was feeling or that's what I was experiencing. And I remember that time and I remember I didn't know what to do. And I remembered I figured it out or somebody helped me, whether it was one cause or somebody else um, using the tools that that were available. And we were able to to move forward. And again, I think that that's who this is. De- this book is dedicated to. And of course, it's dedicated to this amazing team at one cause, this amazing team that that on, you know, on March 11th, on March 12th, we went into action um, and we started working with our nonprofit customers and figuring out a way to keep them fundraising, despite the fact that in-person fundraising came to a screeching halt on March 14th and did not pick up until sometime in 2021. That is a long time for people to be out of what they were used to doing. Yeah. And we're still, we're still adjusting. Um, but we'll, let's You're talk right. a little bit about the um, the timeless. I think that we talked about timeless and moving forward, you know, always being appropriate to whatever situation. It doesn't have to be a pandemic. It could be economic 
downturn. It can be a startup going through some growing pains. So we're, we're looking to the forward and we're hoping that this will be, you know, an evergreen inspiration. But we can also look back and look, mm-hmm. you know, classic. I, I think some of your inspiration, you talked about getting inspiration from everywhere, but um, this story is no different than some of the journaling and the daily notes that we saw from Marcus Aurelius in his um, medit- in the book Meditations. And you encourage a lot of us to read it. I was yeah. one who picked it up, right? But that there, there's there's a lot of stoic thinking in, in the book. Can you talk about that a little bit as well? Yeah. In in fact, to that point, Dawn, if you remember, I issued a challenge and I said, I said, <laughs> I, I challenge remember. everyone, go to Amazon, buy meditations. It's $10. And if you don't learn something from them, I will guarantee you money back. No one ever called me on it. I don't know how many meditations. I bought the books book and I didn't were. call you on it. <laughs> I just said, you, it will be the best $10 that you've, you've ever spent. And so, right. So of, of course I would never, I would never compare myself to a Roman emperor, uh, Marcus Aurelius, <laughs> Um, but I will say that there was a a there was a similarity in his writing of meditations that is similar to the writings that came together in Fearless, and that we were both accidental authors. Marcus Aurelius didn't sit down to write a book. He sat down to write journaling. He he reminded himself of lessons that have that he's learned that he's been taught and maybe not learned or or, or maybe not fully embraced. He 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 wrote to mainly to himself, and then these these later writings became bundled together and and called meditations. But again, I think that if if Marcus were here today, he would be very surprised to hear himself referred to as an author, uh, because he never intended to do that, at least, um, you know, based on uh, conventional wisdom. And so, again, as as you mentioned, I took a lot of the the, the stoicism, this idea of of living with humility, and doing the right thing, and um, and and is marked by uh, people like Seneca and and Marcus himself. And I tried to bring those quotes and lessons into the modern life as well. And I think that's the thing that I find remarkable about meditations. It, it was written over two thousand years ago, and yet it's so pertinent to us today in our lives. You could read those words and say, "Yeah, I agree with that." And and I will tell you, yes, that was written two thousand years ago, and it 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 blows my mind today. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I had the same effect when you challenged us to to get yeah. the book, and um, I really felt like you can just replace some of the words, um, and you really had the same story and the same inspiration. Um, so that's very interesting. So when you buy Fearless Leadership Lessons at the Crossroads, please also pick up a copy of Meditations and you can read them one after the other. 100%. And yeah, see the parallel. Um, we talked a little bit about how beautiful this book is. And again, it really, really is. But I'm, I'm staring at this beautiful lotus image. Um, that's, uh, and it's very simple. It's just a plain, simple, single lotus on the cover of a book. It, does that have any special meaning? What What's the connection between fearless, inspiration, lotus? Can you talk about that a little? It's not readily apparent. So thank you for asking. And, and so what I'll say is that the, the lotus imagery goes back to a very early, not my first update, but a very early update. And I've mentioned my daily meditation app and I, and I heard this inspirational story and it's, it's from Buddhism. 
And the inspiration comes from this beautiful lotus flower that sits, you know, very majestically um, and, and, and beautifully on a pond. But its beginning is in the muck and the mire and the dirtiness of the pond. And as this bud, it works its way, pushes its way through all these harsh conditions that finally emerges at the surface of the pond as this beautiful flower. And I thought to myself, well, we're not beautiful flowers right now. We're in the muck and the mud, but I felt like this is a story that I have to retell. This is a story that has to become part of my next update. And so what I'll say is that that, that inspiration of taking a story from another context and then bringing it to bear in my weekly updates became a recurring theme. And that's why I was saying, you know, I got inspiration from Netflix and read the reading of the books that I was reading at the time. I, if you'll remember, I challenged myself to read classics. Um, don't, you know, don't just go to the New York Times bestseller list, but, you know, pull out uh, Frankenstein, pull out uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. I, I was reading the, these books and, and, and getting inspiration from that. You're going to so have to share I, your book list here. <laughs> yes, totally. And so when, when I want everyone to know that, and let's not forget that, 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 that the journey starts in the muck and the mire and it's and it's dirty but we got to fight through that and and without that without that fight and without that battle um there is no lotus there's no beautiful flower that 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 emerges from that and so what i was again trying to impart on everyone is this image that hey we're in the muck and mire today and that's just the reality of it but if we can learn from this beautiful lotus flower that that someday we will be able to emerge and we don't know when that day will be, but, but we will be able to emerge as this beautiful flower. That was the, that, that was the image. That was the inspiration. And I'm so pleased that we've now taken that image and that inspiration and made it the cover of the book, because it really was a turning point for me in terms of my updates. And they really took on a different, they really took on a different look and feel afterwards. Well, it's a little hard to believe that such a beautiful flower and it is beautiful start, especially on the one used on the cover of the book starts with the muck and the dirt. But I'm going to challenge you, if you don't mind, um, to take this a little bit further and maybe kind of draw a parallel. I think that uh, we were at one cause when the pandemic hit in March of 2020. We were marching towards new innovation. We were the pioneer in 2008, bringing, you know, the first digital fundraising platform with mobile bidding, you know, to to the industry. And we were really pushing the envelope, marching towards innovation. But of course, some things happened and we we, we had to quickly pivot. And now we're fast forward um, to uh, Mm post-pandemic and something beautiful came out of that. There was muck, there were hard times, but it really changed the landscape for your development team, for your product team. And there's a great story there. I don't want to deviate from the book, but I need to ask you, and I'm sure our audience wants to know, innovation at one cause is just soaring. And I do believe that that came from the muck of the of the pandemic. Is that right? And can you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, so true. And it's not deviating from the book at all. And in fact, when when you read the book, you're, you're going to see a lot of references to this in the book because it became 
I would say, perhaps emblematic of our way back. And so what we did very early on, maybe the third or fourth week of March, is have a meeting as an executive team to decide that we were going to take our entire development effort as it was to that point in time. And we were going to point that in the direction and 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 have every effort pointing towards the development of something that we called the virtual event center. And it was a purpose built fundraising solution for this new virtual world. And we went, it, 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 what would usually be about 18 to 24 months of development. We probably got done in four months in September of that year, in September of 2020, we launched and released the virtual event center, which included live streaming in silent auction in, 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 in donation moments and the opportunity for our customers to continue to fundraise in this new virtual world. And now that virtual event center that was really key in September of 2020, we've now added in-person functionality and we've released that this year in October of 2022 as our brand new one cost fundraising platform, which again, I think will push the envelope in terms of modern and easy to use and you know again maybe the next decade of innovation for us as a company that that I really do to your point believe had a lot of its roots if I may in mm-hmm. the pandemic as the virtual event center which has now emerged um perhaps uh to keep the analogy going as this beautiful lotus that we're going to call the one cause fundraising platform Yeah, it's super exciting. And many of our audience members know that I have a side hustle with my daughter (laughs) and we do uh, run a small nonprofit and I've had the opportunity to work in the virtual event center early on. It was fantastic. It kept our mission going. And I think that was the purpose, right? Keep great missions going. And, and it did for us. And in my role here at one cause, I do get my hands into platform quite a bit. We, we do mock events. I don't know if our audience knows that, but we're constantly, Constantly doing mock events to test the waters and and get things just right for our customers. Um, we don't want to take chances on events. We want to we want to play, you know, behind the scenes. And so I was just in uh, the platform. Um, about a week or so ago, and it blew my mind. And now I've been in this innovation space with One Cause for 13 years. My mind has never been blown. And we have a little joke here, like on Monday, platform looks completely different on Friday. And you're, you, it is rapid fire development. So congratulations beautiful. there. The Lotus is beautiful. It's beyond beautiful. And I'm almost thankful for the muck of the pandemic that got us to this point. Well, again, I mean, you you know that I was always looking for those silver linings, and 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 truly the the ability for us to truly focus on the development effort into the virtual event center, brought upon us by the pandemic, is I think perhaps a silver lining from from for COVID. Sure. That it yeah. really focused our development effort. It created the sense of urgency, and it's why we're here today. It's why we c- compressed so much development time in a very short period of time, and then we were able to build from there. And I, I really do believe that that's one of one of those silver linings that that we look for and, and find. Anything new with, with with platform that I don't know about that you can share? Well, I will say this. Uh oh, here we go. Some, there is something coming out in mid March okay. that is an enhancement to the platform. But I'll just say stay tuned. 
stay tuned. Okay, gosh, I thought I was going to get something something out of it, but um, okay, we'll stay tuned. Raise Nation Radio. <laughs> okay, the lotus <laughs> continues to blossom. I can't believe we've been talking a, ha- um, a half hour already. I feel like I'm going to go on for another hour, but I'm going to go into some like rapid fire okay. uh, type questions, if that's okay with you. Favorite chapter? Uh, favorite, favorite part chapter, of the book? Uh, good question. Con, uh, ch- favorite chapter is connect. Connect. So uh, connect. And so I, I said earlier, I'm really big on human connection. I think that's one of the things that was missing. So your rapid fire, I'm going to try and rapid fire answer. Human connection, uh, really important, really, really missing in the pandemic. Again, I think that we're just finding our way back. Unfortunately, I think it's going to take us time. In the chapter of Connect, I wrote it in late 21, kind of mid to late 21. So I was really feeling this disconnect. We had been in our homes. We had been disconnected for 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 over a year now. And I wrote about family. I wrote about your biological family. I wrote about my feeling for one cause as an extension of my family. I wrote about the power of friendship and the re- the need to rekindle those those lost connections. And I actually wrote about scientific research that that shows that there's a physiological impact um, on your body from the 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 relationships that you have um, and the human connection. And again, you can imagine the the lack of connection would have the opposite effect um, physiologically. And so, and and, and I finally um, finished it with some personal stories of death and dying and the need to celebrate life today and not work for, not wait for someday down the road. Um, particularly as we were separated from loved ones, we had people who were getting sick. We had people who were dying in the face of the pandemic. We weren't able to spend time with them. And my message was don't wait. If you're waiting for something or someday, take action now. So Today, favorite chapter, connect. Connect. Okay. I have Human to look, connection. look that up. Okay. Who's Fearless for? Who who should be reading it? Well, like I said, everyone should everyone should be reading Fearless. And so I think that I think I hope that everybody can be inspired. And what I want people to do is to live a life without fear. And again, I said that 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 fear, being fearless is being willing to move forward in the absence of all the answers in the face of the unknown. And I think that if we can learn to live our lives that way, we know that we don't have to have to have all of the answers and we continue to move forward and, and, and we have hope. Hope is a word that I that you know that I like to use. And this isn't a false hope, not based on some sort of dream. It's a hope that starts with a, a, a really well-defined vision and a plan um, and never give up as you fight forward. Wow. Okay. Then what do you want readers to feel? What's their take? What, what's that feeling that you want? They, they close 200, you packed a lot into 266 pages. So they close the book. <laughs> what's that feeling you want them to have? Yeah. Again, I, the, the feeling that I want them to have is to, to know. And, and again, I, I've compressed so many different lessons and, and so many different um, um, th- things for, for someone to learn that it's hard to focus on just one, but it is this idea that despite what is what is presented to you, that you can continue to show resilience in the face of adversity. And that resilience in the face of adversity, again, does not have to come in, in the global pandemic. It can come just from those day-to-day crossroads that we face. And again, I think that it, it's it's really about finding a way 
Um, I wrote a chapter called Finding a Way, and, mm. and it was about how we, despite all of the things that were coming at us, and I, I drew a parallel to what Live Nation had done with the Brad Paisley concert that we went to in the summer, and they literally turned the concert venue inside out. The Brad Paisley performed in the middle of the parking lot, and we all drove our cars and sat and sat in our cars in the parking lot and listened to Brad Paisley. And the point was, you got to find a way to get through it. Yeah. You sure do. And this book is definitely that inspiration. So um, we're going to put a lot of this in the show notes. So I just want to make sure um, we we um, vocalize this for, for our audience. So you have a website, fearlessfundraisers.com. Is that right? Fearlessfundraisers.com. Perfect. And then you have an author page on Amazon. So it's Amazon forward slash author forward slash Steve Johns. I think that's pretty new, but that yes. you can get more information there as well. And how do we get the book? I think you can do that from your author pages on Amazon. You can do that at fearlessfundraisers.com. You also can just go direct to Amazon and bypass all of that. Did I cover all of the ways that you can get the book? Yeah, fearlessfundraisers.com. You can you can order and um, as uh, it's so beautiful to see it on Amazon, but it is all available on amazon.com slash author slash Steve Johns. That's right. Yeah, it's super, super exciting. So we'll have that all in the show notes. So if you didn't Perfect. jot that down, don't worry about it. We'll make sure that it's uh, in the show notes. So Steve, a lot there's lots of le- leadership lessons throughout this book for our audience, but this was an experience for sure and a journey for you. What did you learn publishing this book? Well, Any first surprises? of all, <laughs> first of all, I learned that it's pretty hard. It's not, it's not easy. It's not easy to, it's not easy to do by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I also learned that despite the fact that we can have uh, several people reviewing in and editing and, and, and um, uh, finding, trying to find typos and errors, we can be 10 versions in and still find uh, typos and error, errors. But here's, here's the, here's my biggest learning. I've probably read the book 10 or 15 times as I edited uh, uh, for content, for grammar, for, for punctuation. And despite that, I never got tired of it. I never got tired of it. And, and the reason is, it's this, again, it's this amazing story of this great group of people, one cause and our customers in the industry coming together and continuing to fundraise in the face of all of these great, probably the greatest challenge that that some of us have ever faced in our professional and personal lives, getting through it and and seeing it through to to the end to that beautiful lotus flower. Yeah, it is a beautiful lotus flower. It's a beautiful story. It's so inspiring. Um, from from page one to page 266. So congratulations. Um, I'd love to dive deeper. I think that means we're just going to have to borrow some more of your time and have you back, especially after March, when you have some more announcements about innovation at One Cause. It's all just very exciting and um, gratitude from me to you to just give us the opportunity to be part of it all. So um, thank you so much. Fearless Fundraisers, that's about all we have time for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Tune in for a new episode released every Thursday at 12.30 p.m. That's Thursdays, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. But in the meantime, listen to all the episodes of Raise Nation Radio. Follow the channel that you like best so that you can get notification for all of our guests. And if you'd like to appear on the show, be sure to reach out. Fundraisers are doing amazing things to build better communities, 
and build better tomorrows. Stories are awe-inspiring. They're right here on Raise Nation Radio, and you don't want to miss a single episode. I would like to thank our sponsor, OneCause, for making this episode possible. OneCause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with their donors. Be sure to check it out at onecause.com. Visit the resource tab on the homepage, broad catalog of eBooks that you'll find webinars, vlogs, blogs, infographics, videos. I know you'll find them very helpful. A huge shout out again to my guest, Steve Johns, CEO of OneCause and author of Fearless Leadership Lessons at the Crosswords for joining us today and sharing a very authentic voice. Steve, Thank you so much for being here. I have to ask you, any last words of inspiration? Uh, Well, first of all, thank you again for having me. It's been really fantastic, and it's been great to share the story. I I guess what I'll say is this, that from an inspirational standpoint, anyone who's listening to this podcast today is fearless. Because if you're here, you face down this greatest threat in your personal and professional life, and you're here today, and you're probably stronger for it. And so what I would like to, you know, look what I say to the team at One Cause, and I'd say to anybody who's listening, if you did that, there's nothing that you can't do. And so there truly is no limit that you've been tested and you made it despite the unknown. Keep moving forward and stay fearless. Steve, thank you again so much. That's wonderful. I can't wait to read this story yet again because I never tire of it. We're going to have to have you back on the show. Thank you again for being here. Thanks, Don. Well, that's a wrap. Until next time, I'm Don Lego. This is Raise Nation Radio. You stay fearless out there. 